Thank you. Amen. Thanks, Cam. It's good to be together. I like this spot right here. I'm not really sure we need a sermon right now. I was just saying, encouraging sharing, right? Just sharing from the heart, real life. I love that. It's real. Uh, You can really see how God can work in our lives in a real way. We're not just following fairy tales, right? Uh, This is, we believe this uh, to be true, that God can change us and transform us. And uh, so I'm inspired to hear stories like that. Um, And uh, just the worship, I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate singing these types of songs and just, we need those songs, guys. I don't know if you realize that. You need to sing, you need to sing things out loud. You, You really do, it helps you. It reaffirms the stuff that we believe in doctrinally when we, when we sing songs like we just sang. You know, like, like you know, we, we need God. We see his power in everything. I, just singing that, yeah, I do see his power in everything. I, I need to be reminded of that. So I think we, we, it's good to not check out during our singing. You know what I'm saying? Not that you did. I mean, this, this is what it's all about. I love it, man. This is, this is good stuff. So I got my timer started so I don't go over time, Amen. And uh, I got my glasses in case I can't see something. I got my wife to help me out if I mess something up. Then you can look at her and say, he's an all right guy because she married him. Amen. And uh, I'm just glad to be able to worship with you this morning. So this after, It's not morning. It's, uh, it's evening. So there you go. Um, so the topic, yeah, we're talking about transformed. And I just, I'm, I'm encouraged that you guys have spent time really looking at Romans 12 and uh, really spending time and, and, and taking the time to really understand uh, what God's word is to you. And if you're visiting, and perhaps this might be your first Sunday, uh, we're just glad you came uh, to be a part of this. And uh, we hope you feel welcomed. We hope you feel like you can just be who you are and that we can love up on you and get to know you. Uh, We would love, I'm sure people that worship here consistently would love to spend time with you outside of this setting and just hear your story. Where are you on your journey? And uh, so hopefully you can feel uh, at home and encouraged and hopefully today's message, uh, there's something in it for you as well. Let's turn over to, to Romans, uh, because this is really where you have been spending your time. And um, I wanted to read our, our kind of the theme, the theme passage, but whenever you have a, a word, obviously, and, and this, if you've heard this before, amen, this is for the new people, if you've heard this before. So. But whenever you see in Romans chapter 12, the first word uh, is therefore, Correct. So that means you got to figure out what the therefore is there for, and, there, and, and you got to go before that, right? And so I'm not going to spend a bunch of time on, on it, but I do think it's helpful to, re, to reread 11, 33 to 36. I just think it's helpful to reread that before we dive into Romans 12 a little bit today. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him are all things. And to him be the glory forever. So be it. Amen. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, 
holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Great passage. Let's, let's pray. Father, we do want to come to you humbly, and I pray that we can have this mindset, this heart, to really believe that your wisdom, your power, your honor is everything to us. Father, I pray that we can grow in our conviction and our belief and our faith that everything comes from you. Everything should go to you. All glory is yours. Father, I pray that we can learn how to live this way, how to view the world this way so that we can live a life that's holy and pleasing to you. Use this time this evening, Father. Use the scriptures, use the sharing, use the songs that have been sung. Father, just help us to grow closer to you And I do pray that we can all experience transformation from within. Pray in Jesus' name, amen. I love this uh, chapter 11 because it really just shows you just how powerful it is when we start with God and work our way down to ourselves. That's the problem with most people, honestly. To be honest with you, that's our problem, right? Is that we often start with ourselves and then we figure out, okay, let me figure this God thing out. Let me read a bunch of books just to figure out God. And we try to almost earn ourselves there and figure things out and it starts with us and we hope to get to God. And, and what I love about this, this, this what we read in, in chapter 11 is, is Paul, he's just like, man, God, you're amazing. Let me, your wisdom is beyond searching out. Let me, let me start there. You are, you are incredible. You know, and he talks about God's glory. To, to him be the glory forever. And just this concept of glory, it's a word that we just don't use much in our everyday vernacular the way they use it here, really. And, and that, that concept of glory, meaning really literally the weight, the importance really of God, uh, the, his excellencies, his splendor, one of, the, one of the definitions, his transcendent and infinite greatness, That is not anybody I know. Transcendent grace, greatness. And don't start talking about athletes and artists and all that. Let's not even go there. God's transcendent and infinite greatness and the sum of his perfections. Wow. That is, that is the glory of God, right? And everywhere we look, we should see the glory of God. We should hope that our lives can reflect the glory of God. That when you see me, hopefully you don't just see a, a guy wearing blue jeans and a white shirt. Hopefully through my life and through God just transforming me, you can see what God can do. You can see his power and you can give him the, the glory, the, the weight, the, the, the infinite greatness goes to him. And no man, no person, no woman should want that for themselves. Powerful. When we think of God this way, when we allow our worldview to be shaped by God and his word, then Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 makes a lot more sense. And it's a lot, it's a lot easier to really understand. And as I was preparing, I, I ran across one of my old books that I, I took a, a class, my ministry classes, and uh, 
one of the, the, the chapter headings was about transformation. And I was like, you know, let me read this and just see what it says, right? And the book it talks about is really the early church. Really, it's talking about the early church and how, they, how, how the church spread. It says, there can be no doubt that it was the changed lifestyle of the early Christians which made such a deep impact upon classical antiquity. Changed lifestyles, okay? And then this, this author breaks it down into three main areas. Three things in particular stood out. The first was the personal transformation in their character as God's Holy Spirit welcomed, was welcomed into their lives. Changed character. That was what changed the world. People seeing the changed care of these, character of these Christian people. What was the second thing? Second thing, there was the impression made by the Christians corporately, the church. The church had qualities unparalleled in the ancient world. Nowhere else would you find slaves and masters, Jews and Gentiles, rich and poor, engaging in table fellowship and showing a real love for one another. Utterly unheard of that you could have a slave be in the church and actually have a role in the church that where, the, where maybe even his master could be a part of that church. Wow. Stuff like that never, shh, unheard of, right? And then he, the author makes this little note here. He says, you know, nowadays the lifestyle of Christians is hard to distinguish from those who make no such claim. Apart from an hour on Sundays, you see, in the early days, the quality of their lives was blazingly distinct. Blazingly distinct. That's what helped change the world, the early church. What was the last thing? The last thing that changed the world, that tr the, the transformation that people would undergo, was this. The capacity of Christians to face criticism, hatred, persecution, and death not just with equanimity, but with joy, had a tremendous impact. You could mow these Christians down, you could throw them to the lions, but you could not make them deny their Lord or hate their persecutors. That is transformation. That is what it, that is the impact that it can have when you allow your life to be transformed. And I'm sorry, even today, 2018, when I sit down in a chair and go to a church service and, a, and somebody stands up here and says, I have a PhD and she drops two schools, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I'm like, <laughs> and she's talking about, I can't figure it out. If she can't figure it out, ain't none of us got a chance to figure it out. My goodness, right? That's powerful, that's, that's, but that's a testimony. Because let me tell you what, a lot of people that have two, whatever, two PhDs, I don't understand, wow, from an Emory and a Georgia Tech, their head would be, they would be so pompous, you wouldn't even wanna spend five minutes with them. Do you know what I mean? They would let you know how intelligent they were. Oh, it would come out, and you would, Feel your inferiority in their presence, right? 
But here's somebody who's just been transformed. Like, hey, I, I had to come to the end of myself. You know, sometimes you just got to come to the end. Of, your best thinking gets you to a certain place, and you just got to go, wow, wow. I, I need God, you know? I need God. You know, and I appreciate the, the passage. And I wanted to you know, take this passage and, 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 look at, and look at some scriptures in the time that we have because I, I think it's powerful to look at changed character, transformation in our character. I look, I look in, in, in my life, you know, I grew up an only child, okay? Selfish. I mean, selfish, all right? Uh, and so for me, uh, I believe one of the things that God has transformed in my life is just to help me not be so selfish. Not that I've got it figured out, but whoa, where I used to be to where I am today. Unbelievable, okay? Because I grew up, I didn't have to talk to anybody. And I liked it that way. I could relate to the first brother that shared. I, I kept to myself. My mom, she worked two, three jobs. Man, I had no siblings. I come home with nobody at home, and I liked it that way. Do you know what I'm saying? I make my own food, do my own laundry, get my homework done. Maybe I practice, whatever. I was living on my own, especially when I had my license. Oh, my goodness. By high school, last few years, I was doing my own thing, right? But what I didn't realize was just how self-centered I was, self-consumed, right? And didn't really realize it until you start opening up the scriptures, right? And then I started reading the, the, the Bible for real. And people started helping me with, with scriptures and, and uh, you know, become a Christian and, and think, okay, great, I became a Christian. I got it all, I'm good now. I mean, I, I'm, I'm done. I don't have to work on that anymore. Not true, right? And uh, getting married was, was definitely an eye-opener for my wife, right? Um, <laughs> the level of selfishness that, that I had uh, and, I, and I'll never forget, uh, I, I was, actually, I was just in a, uh, a group of, of some brothers, and we were actually having a kind of a discipleship sharpening group, and we were talking about how Jesus helped transform Peter, and when he first met him, his, his name was Simon, and he literally says, you are Simon, but you will be the rock, you know? and, and so we just talked about how do you go from Simon, son of John, to Rock, how did, how did that happen? What did that look like? And so we were just talking about the moments in, in the life between Peter and Jesus. And some of those moments were a little testy, right? There was a little, there was a little friction going on in their relationship, you know? Uh, get behind me, Satan. Strong moment between Peter and, and, and Jesus. But ultimately, right, somehow Peter internalized all those different interactions and stopped being just Simon, son of John, and he became the rock. He became a guy that could be dependent on to lead and to be powerful. What a tr transformation. But one of the guys in the group raised his hand and he said, hey, Jeff, I hear what you're saying, but like in your life, have you ever felt like you had interactions like this that helped you to ch change and transform? And I was like, wow, you know, I, actually I'm thinking of one right now. And the one I thought of was being married and, and having one of those conversations, you know, and I think probably what happened was my wife was just sending up a storm. Probably that's what it was. And so I was, we were probably trying to get help. And, you know, finally, this other couple was going to help my wife see the error of her ways and finally vindicate me as being the perfect husband that I knew I was. Uh, and so I'm sure that's probably the context of what was going down. 
But what, I don't remember much else, but I do remember the moment in the conversation when the brother said to me, he said, Jeff, you are emotionally selfish. Your wife is dying over here. You are not giving of your heart. You need to, you need to give. You're selfish. Give of your emotions. Share what you're feeling. Figure it out. Get it out. Ain't nobody ever called me emotionally selfish. I never heard those two words put right next to each other in my life. And I'm not sure if I have since. Uh, but it was exactly what I needed to hear. And that started me, I believe, on a journey to wake up that the way I've been living my life, the way I've just th thought that this is fine, I'm a good person, I'm a good guy, this, I've, I've got lots of friends, it's, my life's working for me, the way I view the world is kind of working for me, right? No, I gotta make a change. And I had to pray, I mean, I had to pray to God, please help me. And, that, and, it, and it, I'm not perfectly there, but man, I look back on where I was and I just go, wow. And then of course, God gives me two daughters, Lord Jesus, I mean, you know what I'm saying? There's all kind of emotions flying all over the house, you know what I mean? I gotta be able to engage and connect, but I do feel like that transformation, I do feel like I've changed the way I view the world because of God and somebody calling it out on me to help me transform. And going to God, I'll never forget one time, Chrissy said, you are so negative and you're just bringing me down. And I'm like, why, what are you, why are you always on me, woman? You know, what in the world? But I, but I remember thinking, you know, I am kind of negative. And I remember, you know, just going to the scriptures and, and what the wicked dreads will overtake him. Proverbs 10, 24. What the wicked dreads will overtake him. And that's who I was. I saw myself in the Bible. It was a mirror. That's, that's me. I'm always thinking of what could go wrong. What's the bad thing? You know, uh, this, this plan is probably not going to work because of this and that and this and that. Right? I, I, that was me. But the next part of that proverb says, but what the righteous desire will be granted. So are you gonna, Jeff, are you going to be a guy who dreads? Are you going to be a guy who, who focuses on desiring things, asking God for things, working it out, trying to be faithful, trying to approach the world with faith instead of dread? Who are you going to be? And I remember reading the passage and going, this is me, and allowing that passage to, just thinking about it, repeating it, committing it to memory, and just becoming a more faithful person. Not because of anything I did, but because of what God can do to transform our character. Do you have any passages in scripture, or do you have any moments with any other Christian person, or it doesn't even have to be a Christian person, that has told you something about who you are, that they were spot on, or that scripture spot on, do you know, do you have those moments? We need those moments. Without them, we won't, be, I don't think we will have the transformation in our character. That actually changes the world. Transformed characters change the world, guys. I love what it also says about the church, you know, and it says the, the impression that the Christians made uh, on the world, what is it? blazingly distinct. Is your lifestyle blazingly distinct from everybody else? That's a tough one. We gotta be honest. I mean, whew, it's rough out there. It's rough out there. You look at all these statistics, and I'm not gonna sit here and be a statistic hog, but you, can, you go do your own research, and those that consider themselves Christians, 
believers uh, have very similar lifestyles to people that don't. And many markers of how they view these types of things, right? And so, so we, we do have to, to see that God calls us out to be, to be holy, right? I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual, some translations, reasonable act of worship. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. The pattern of this world. And I know you guys have been talking so much about this. The patterns of this world. The new and the now. Isn't that it? New and now. I want it now. Give it to me now. You don't have enough money. I don't care. I'll put it on my car. But because it's new and I want it now. That kind of stuff we got to watch out, right? The Bible says be content. You got food? You got clothing? Whatever. Be content. Amen. We want more. More, more, more. Gimme, 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 right? But our lifestyle can look just like everyone else. We cannot be a light to the world if we're just like the world. It's not going to happen. How can we be a light? What, what makes you blazingly distinct, right? How can the church be blazingly distinct from the rest of the world? What are some of the ways? Uh, I do think that we got to look at how we, how, we, how we view materialism and money and stuff like that. We got to learn how to, we got to be different in this area. And I remember uh, reading uh, one of the books I read, it's talking about the, the concept of God setting us apart. That's what the word holy means, set apart for sacred use, right? Not ordinary use, but sacred use. And that's what God wants the church to be. And he said, you know, he, he was going through a time in his life, he chose to give, give financially to God in a way that he felt was practical and real, but that was distinct and different from the rest of the world. And what he came up with was he called like a graduated giving, which meant that he would start, he would just choose a place to start. Whatever, I'm not going into percentages, right? You'd figure your own thing out. But he just said, I'm gonna start here. And, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna gradually get more and more over the years according to how God blesses me. But this is where I'm starting. And I just wanna see how God blesses me. And, and as he blesses me, I will just graduate, you know, it up so much. And he, in his life, he got to a point where he was given 30% of his income, right? Now, this is him, right? And, but it, wasn't a, it didn't take three days or three months. It took years. But that's where he got. Because the antidote, <laughs> really, to being greedy and materialistic is to give your money away. <laughs> uh, but it is, it's about giving it away. It's about giving, you, you, gotta, you gotta give it away. That, that, a living, a sacrifice. A sacrifice is, you walk away from it, right? <laughs> a living sacrifice is your life, you know. We sang that, I give myself away. Take, take my life, take my heart. I'm giving, you, I'm giving you who I am. But seriously, guys, we will be eaten up with the rest of the world just like everybody. We will be no more different than anybody if we don't learn how to give our finances to God or to organizations that bring glory to God. 
right? Serving the poor, helping others. To, to give it away so it doesn't get its clutches in you and, and mold you into the person that has to, has to need and want and I need the new and the now. These are, these are, but this is a way to view money. Read Luke's gospel. I, get, I challenge you to read it. Wealth is always, always brought up in a sense of you better watch out. It's never like, oh, that's awesome. You know, this is great. It's like, just watch out because wealth can make you think that your life consists of your possessions. That's the God-like power that it has. It wants you. It des- greed desires to have you. It's crouching at your door like an animal, hungry, ready to pounce. Every day you wake up, it's there to, to mold you to make you into that type of person. Don't let it. The antidote is to, be, to, to figure out a godly conviction that it starts with him, not with you, not with your awesome earning ability and all that. That's not where it comes from. It comes from God. And you have the ability to give it away. That's how the, one of the ways the church can be blazingly distinct from everybody else. Right? Ooh, I'm running out of time. Okay. The last thing I wanted to focus on the capacity to face criticism, hatred, right? Persecution, these types of things. That, that should be something that we should be transformed in. Um, I, I was thinking of uh, Christy and I, we, we just, last weekend, we hung out with a, a couple in church, invited us over. And they were a uh, great couple. Uh, I think he's, uh, they're both of Latin descent. I don't remember. I forgot the exact. I think Puerto Rico. Uh, they, were, they invited a couple over. Uh, the dude was like Haitian and something else, I think, black and Haitian. And his wife was Mexican. Man, we had it. Go. It, was a mel- it was a melting pot up in there, right? And so we were sitting down. You know, Chrissy, obviously beautiful white woman. Awesome, right? Me, brother, not white, but you think I'm half, but I'm not. Another sermon. But uh, <laughs> so... So we're sitting at the table and we're like, we're talking about stuff and like, oh, how did you guys meet? And oh, how did you meet? You know, Christian and I have been married 18 and a half years. How many times have we told a story about how we met, right? And so we all, we have our parts, you know, and she takes over the story and then I, you know, we, we've done it a million times, right? But, um, but what I did, but what we didn't realize is this couple from the church that, that we've known for a few years, but they never, they never heard how, they never heard what went down. When, when, we, uh, when we started dating and even got engaged, and to, to boil it down, my wife is from Mississippi. Do I need to go any further, right? I mean, <laughs> there you go. Uh, and so uh, they, did not, they were not, you know, down with the brown. You know what I mean? It was not one of those things that they were fired up about for Chrissy to get married to me. And, uh, and so, you know, threatening to not come to the wedding and all of this is just drama, right? And... Uh, <clears throat> Chrissy just got fed up and just discouraged and told her mom, look, if you're going to, I love this guy. I'm going to marry him. If you're going to keep saying that stuff, I'm, I'm actually going to not talk. I'm going to have to not talk to you because I'm getting married soon and I just want to enjoy this time. You know, and so her mom said something. So Chrissy had to hang up. And it's like totally painful. Imagine you trying to get married. You've dreamed about it your whole life. Your mom being there and it's just the dream's kind of ending, you know, and she's hurting, right? 
And, uh, and so for me, I just, I remember in my heart, like feeling for her and, but be really respectful of how she was handling it, you know? And then I'm thinking like, I should be really upset right now. This is, this is wrong. But I never just got funky like that. And, and one of the brothers said, you should, write, you should write a letter to that side of the family. Write a letter to her mom. And a part of me was like, what are you talking about, right? You know, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. But he gave me some advice, and I took it. And I wrote her a letter. Hey, I, you know, just want you to know I love your daughter. I feel like I'm going to take care of her. Well, I don't even remember every word I wrote. But I wrote her a letter, mailed it to her, right? Um, she's never mentioned, been married 18 years, never mentioned that letter, right? However, here's the deal. Through that whole situation, my wife never, never was vindictive, never vengeful, spiteful. I'm like, that woman was transformed by God. And I feel like God did a work on me where I just, somehow I just didn't get mad. Because I felt like this is, in, this is unjust, man, this is terrible. And that whole situation, I think God just, I think we saw like we're not this, who we used to be. We're different than the world, man. We, we got we to gotta have a different take on this stuff, right? And so, you know, they, they relented, and, and her mom and, uh, came to the wedding, and her grandmother, they, they told her a week before the wedding, and so they came. Um, and then after we got married, uh, her dad's dad had some interesting feelings about, about me that weren't fun to experience, uh, but when his wife died, he asked me to do the, the funeral. And I, and I presided over his wife's funeral, and he shook my hand, and, and it was deep. I mean, it was like, wow, here's a situation where God, God is, is, is working here. And it kept, but I think the thing I'm trying to get at is this, the society that we live in today, man, this type of stuff, people just ready to drop down and just, just throw blows, you know, quick. And, and, and what, I'm, what I'm just trying to get at is if we have a, a worldview from God, we've got to learn. We can't go, we can't get pulled into the mud of worldly thinking, worldly categories, right? And, uh, and, and so I just, I just want to encourage you, this world is so divisive with stuff like ethnicities and things like that, man. And it, politics, oh my goodness. Seriously, people just ready to just go at it. But don't do it. Please, you, don't do it. Set yourself apart from getting involved in these petty arguments that really, and, and God has nothing to do with it at the end of the day. You're not reflecting the glory of God. You know, we need to have, we need to be able to deal with hatred, racism, bigotry, whatever it is, and we need to be able to just be willing to see it for what it is and have a, a godly response. And here's the deal. Whoever, just think of somebody that you disagree with. Think of them right now. Like it could be politics, whatever side of the fence you're on there on the other side, right? Think of somebody that has offended you or just said something you hurt you, wasn't there for you. Why don't you think of that person? All right, now what I want you to do is, you think about it, I want you to just, just think about, have you ever done the thing that, they're, that they did to you? Have you ever done that? Have you ever offended somebody? Have you ever been rude? 
Jeff, I've never done that in my life. Really? You've never hurt anybody? Never? I, 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 seriously, guys, I think, because sometimes we'd look at a person who, who you don't even know their background half the time. You don't know their family origin. You don't know what happened to them when they were 19 or 6 or 12. You don't know their parents got divorced. You don't know if they had any abuse in there. You don't know anything. But what you do know is that they're a part of this political party or they hold this view on this particular issue. That's what you do know. And so what you're doing is you're taking one aspect of this person's total totality of who they are and you're just magnifying it and that's the thing that you're going to rail against and justify. You can feel the way you want to feel. Do not do that. That is ungodly. That is not godly. It is not living the life that you need to live to be a transformed follower of Jesus. Do I need to remind you what he said when they were nailing him to the cross? Father, what? Forgive them. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. People literally nailed to the cross. That is radical. That's a blazingly distinct viewpoint right there. That, but, but this is to what we have been called to. When you start with God and when you allow him to transform who you are and not be conformed by all the viewpoints in this crazy, ridiculous world, but when you allow the way God views the world, what he does, that will help you Change this world. Your transformation leads to the transformation of the world. That's what happened. That's what was supposed to happen with Adam and Eve. That's what was supposed to happen after the flood. That's what was supposed to happen when God had Israel and said, hey, I need you to be a holy nation. (laughs) You're going to be a light. You're going to change the world. But they never could really figure it out. You know why? Because they always wanted to be just like. They just wanted to be like the other nations. And they were not distinct. There's one man that chose to really be obedient. And he's the one that could say, Father, forgive them. They don't hold my political views. They don't view the world like I view it. (laughs) They actually, they don't have a conviction on murder because I'm really getting murdered right now. But I'm going to forgive them. Because I'm going to start with you. And uh, the, the, the last, I don't have time to read it, but just think about the concept in John 13. The Bible says that Jesus knew where he came from and he knew where he was going. And because, because of that, he chose, even though he was the highest ranking person there, to wash everybody else's feet. You need to know where you've come from, whose you are and where you're going. And with that in mind, you need to live a transformed life. Just like the scripture says. The glory of God, amen. Therefore, offer yourself as a living sacrifice and be transformed and you'll change the world. Let's pray. Father, we just come to you wanting to be humble, wanting to allow your power to transform our character, God, to Help us to be blazingly distinct. Help us not to react the way the rest of the world does in the face of injustice or persecution. Father, help us to look at the world the way you look at the world, Father, and help us to respond like Jesus, who who knew who you were. He knew where he was coming from. He knew where he was going. And he was willing to bend down and wash the feet 
of those men. And then he called them to do likewise. And Father, I pray that we can remember the example of Jesus, that we can remember how he brought you honor and glory, how he helped the world understand the, the magnitude of who you are, the weight that you should have in all our lives. And uh, Father, I pray that we can remember him now and uh, remember how we should be grateful for the power that he has to transform our lives. Father, as we take the bread and drink of the cup, Father, help us to rejoice, help us to remember, uh, help us to review uh, just all of who Jesus is. And uh, Father, I'm grateful that we have you to pray to, Jesus to model our lives after, your Holy Spirit to depend on daily. We can pray to you. Uh, Father, I'm just so encouraged to have all of this in this life. Thank you, Father, for calling us out of the world and into your beautiful light. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.